Welcome to Direct Audio Movie Discussions Podcast. My name is Spencer, and this one has literally been like a year in the making? Just about. Yeah, so that's Morgan. Hello! Weirdly enough, this is your first solo act. It is. I've been on like five, I don't know, a number more than one. Yes. With Jamie and you, but never alone. Yeah, and Jamie's Jamie... gotten two. Right, and so to be fair... So last year, around this exact same time, hilariously enough, we were going to do Zootopia. Because you had mentioned, if it's not your favorite movie, it's one of your favorite movies? Yeah, I've got like a top three, and this is one of them. What made this movie stand out to you? Is it because there's a bunny? Yeah, that's the first thing that really appealed to me. So for everyone who doesn't know, I have a bunny. I used to have two, but now just one. Her name is Millie. Getting bunnies when I was like 17, I've been, I don't know. I love them. I think they're super sweet. They're smarter than a lot of people think, and they're just funny. And so when I saw the main character was a rabbit, I was like, sign me up. But then I watched the movie and I'm like, oh my God, this is actually a really good movie. And it's not only like targeted to kids. As a grown adult, I can sit down and enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, this, obviously Disney and now kind of a lot of animated features really have that layer of like, oh, there's going to be some sort of message that can appeal towards the greater populace outside of just children. It uses such a wonderful just idea, and for lack of a better term, and just like, what if animals all live together and had their own utopia, <laughs> but... um or Eutropolis, or Metropolis, or in other regions, it's called Zoomania. It's called Zootropolis and Zoomania, which I, don't, I feel like Zootopia makes sense. That's the best of the I agree. Names. I also didn't look into why they changed the names. Does anyone have an issue with the concept of Utopia? Is that no, a... my guess is it's a linguistics thing. Got it. Um, I wonder if it's just not like a common phrase in other countries. Yeah. So... Because there's another fun change, I will say, and when there's newscasters on the screen, in different territories, there are different newscasters. So I think in uh, Asia, it's a red panda instead of a moose. I love that. Yeah, so they have a couple different differentiators. That's one of the main ones, I think, or possibly the only one, but I thought, besides the name. And this is one thing that I really enjoyed about this. There is a male and female protagonist, and they don't end up with each other. Originally, it was going to be Nick as the main character, and Judy wasn't in the movie, and it was really going to focus in on uh, Predators and Prey. It was still going to be very similar to what we have here. Um, it wasn't going to be a buddy cop story, which it is now. I think it's like one of Disney's You mean first. bunny cop story. Um, all right. Thank you, guys. That was a wonderful episode that we just did. and yeah. uh, You no, can't top that. That's a great one. It's top tier. That was stripped away, and it was just about... This, the world being against predators and it was almost like a very nihilistic and uh kind of just darker tale and what they said in production they were like the problem is that like nobody wants to root for the world everybody is sees nick's mm -hmm. point of view as being right and it was just a really bleak movie and so they decided to change and that was the first couple drafts that's why if you like look at this movie on any sort of film service or even in the credits there's like seven to eight different writers because it went through a bunch of different people and then it finally landed on what it was here and they brought in judy and they put it in a positive world and everything's great 
But no, this is, I think it's Disney's longest animated movie. That wouldn't surprise me. It's an hour and 57 minutes. Like, that's that's a lot. Yeah, when I saw that, I went, huh. When I had to uh, watch it to take notes, I went, oh, it's an animated movie. Then I opened up and was like, hmm, cool. That's one thing I noticed hours. every single time I watch it. I'm like, wait, there's still a lot more movie. There's still so much plot left we have to cover. Like, I've seen this movie so many times. Yeah, it really so breezes through it, though, which is time, funny. It does, yeah. It's a really, it's an easy watch. It covers really heavy themes that a lot of people face in reality where it's not all bright and shiny and you know easy to i don't know resolve as in here but it makes it really easy to observe and digest in like a safe setting yeah for this movie uh they went and studied animals at uh animal kingdom and then they went to kenya oh and stayed so for they like were dedicated dedicated like a couple weeks and just yeah studied animals took pictures drew and got inspiration and what's cool is that you see in the movie because all the clothes that they're wearing are shaped for their personality and for their body type it's not that they like made the animals look like humans all the animals are pretty much in line with what they're proportionate right and so like when you see like the shoulders on the fox they kind of sloop down so that's why the shirt looks that way if you see it on like a wildebeest it's a little bit different uh and then what they did was and I love this in the movie is they play with scale a lot. And this is one of the things that I thought was really cool about this. Because when you think about other animated movies, I think the, one of the big ones like Robin Hood, it doesn't matter what animal it is. They're all the same height. The fox, the chicken, I the bear. Loved. Like you can really see it in, it's one of like, I don't want to say like one of the first scenes, first half of the movie when Judy is first going to Zootopia and there's that scene with the escalator and there's a giraffe and a lion and then you can see all the little hamsters and you can just really see it all. T- I don't know. I think it adds an extra charm to the movie. It makes it stand out more. But then also, it d- to me at least, it shows like a theme of like inclusivity. Like they're just yeah. living in the society and everything works for everyone. They don't ex- And the same with the train as well. There's the different doors that, you know, oh, fit I love all that the different scene. mammals in it. The hamsters kill me every single time. I think they're so funny. Um, but what's funny and what's cool is that what they did was they looked for an animal and they actually scaled it. So they, they, and so what they did is that they had like a one, one ratio. So they took like when you're animating, obviously you have to make sure you have scale properly divided and made sure it's all set correctly. So when you're designing all the other animals, they all match in a similar sense. So people don't look wonky or weird. So what they did was they used humans and they like say okay what animal is going to be our like our generic human sized animal and they're like okay the wildebeest will be that animal boom so the wildebeest was that animal that was their one like one one in regards to scale and then everything based around that was like okay a giraffe is this much taller in the world so in the real world so on zootopia it would be x oh the hamster is this size so it would be this and so that is kind of how they uh ranged and so that's why everything has the specific heights it was because they just took one animal marked it and then broke it down from there and that's where you get kind of where we're at the animation in this movie they also had to like create a new shader code in a sense which showed how light would not only go through fur but also go through clothes and then they had to animate around show how the fur was affected by rain by wind by that train sequence 
like they had to make it look as realistic as possible. And it took 70 animators to animate all the animals because Nick and Judy together had over 2 million hairs to animate. You can tell the animate, like I didn't know the statistics behind it, but just straightforward watching it, that train scene, I know you mentioned that, but seeing the rain on the train, that was like the first moment where you're like, wow, they had some seriously talented people who are animating this. And then also when Judy and Nick are in the water, yeah, it looked like a picture. Yeah, the animators did such a wonderful job. They also they had a great time working on this. And, fun little note, for uh, Rodentia, where the little rats live, Love. They used a real hamster, and they and they built a like a mock city in the scale, scaled down, and s- just to see how he'd interact. I could cry. Yeah, that is the most precious. Th- That's another thing. And I there is love footage that, that they had their own. I will be googling that shortly. I love that they had their own little city for their own little little rodents. Yeah, I mean it was modeled after they said uh, New York and all the boroughs, and they're like. Uh, Italian town is next to Chinatown and this town's here and there's this borough here where it's like you all live kind of in unison but you have your own little groups and packs in a sense which I thought yeah, was kind of cool inclusivity it's right. great yeah I just love how they designed this whole movie and then yeah that message of like you know what you don't have to be that if you if you want to outgrow what you are you can do it it's okay even I love when it. your parents tell you <laughs> which I <laughs> to settle they did say they're like we wanted to subvert the expectations i loved where normally in movies it's like you can be anything you want to be if you just dream Look, we believe in you as long as you just completely destroy your dreams and just live where we're at and do this and don't worry it's so funny bonnie hunt and don lake uh where bonnie and Stu hops um and they're so funny they're great. I think their contrast to Judy, where Judy is so the forever optimist. Yes, and outgoing, and then there's, you know, mom and dad who are just complacent and fine with it, given they're happy. But yeah. it just shows a complete opposite way of life. Like there's the farm content, and then there's the big city grind. Yeah. And also, when she first gets her apartment, like that is not that nope. objectively not great. It's no. shabby. Her neighbors are rude and loud. Her yeah. landlady was a grumpy old armadillo. Yeah. And she was like, oh my god, I love it. And then, I don't know, it's heartwarming because I feel like a lot of, cause she's technically in human years or whatever, she's 24. And so I think that's a very young adult thing to experience moving out on your own for the first time. And no matter, like you could end up in like some shitty college rental house and you're still just as happy as you would be anywhere else because you're out on your own for the first time i'm doing yeah. what you want to do We've starting all felt your that life before this may have been lies but i saw this year or next year but i've heard nothing about a sequel yeah i'm not sure i do know that they released shorts on disney plus called zootopia plus yes they like have some seven. on youtube as well yeah so they've they've added to the movie uh i do want to say a fun note you mentioned her neighbors um from the wikipedia page it says that there it says byron howard and jared bush who are two of the uh writing directors voice them so and it says that they're husbands so i think disney's first uh, gay couple one of their first gay couples so look at you progressive zootopia this movie was i don't not ahead that. of its time in 2016 
Yeah, I don't I don't want to say that not being racist is progressive because that should just be the standard, but it in the most least blatant way it could be without yeah. explicitly stating it. Yeah. They're like, hey, racism? Not cool. Yeah, didn't take that long to figure that out. Only took hundreds and thousands of years, you know, for some people. But yep. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're still learning. We're getting there. Slowly but surely, acceptance will win. I want to talk about this cast real quick. Jennifer Goodwin and Jason Bateman are our two leads. I love them. They pretty much just make Nick like a carbon copy of Jason. Like, oh, it was perfect. Here's the perfect casting for that. When they were uh, doing like uh, line readings, he asked, like, what kind of voice should I do? What do you want me to act like? I say, and they're like, just be you and we'll, at, we'll animate around it because we want you. He's like, okay. And that's why like, you see his little smirk. You see how he kind of reacts to things. That's very much Jason Bateman. Um, and they're great. I love Jennifer. She, I feel like, has you the only most... only see her as Snow White from Once Upon a Time. Yeah. And honestly, that's Snow White and a bunny are like the same Basically the same. type to me. Yeah. Um, then you have Idris Alba as the police chief. Uh, Jenny Slate, Hello. Nate Torrance, Bonnie Hunt, Don Lake, Tommy Chong, J.K. Simmons, Octavia Spencer. Uh, then... She has. It's funny that she's such a big actress, but her role is literally just Mrs. Otterton. Mm-hmm. And she's maybe on screen what like twice. Yeah. I was so surprised to see that. I'm like, you can't just throw a name like that out here. Yeah. You have her on the screen for maybe a minute. Yeah, they have, they have a couple big name voice actors. I mean, Shakira's in here as Gazelle, but Alan Tudyk is in here. He plays Duke Weaselton. He is a. Uh, uh, just a complete Disney legend in a sense because he's been in Frozen. He was in uh, Wreck-It Ralph. He was in Star Wars. He's all over the place. Um, funnily enough, his name is referencing his character in Frozen, the Duke of Weaselton. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but then, do you know who else is in this movie from Frozen? Don't know why I slurred through that one. Listen, you're having a beverage. Is do you know who else is in here from Frozen? No, do you know who else is in this movie from Frozen? I want to say the guy who voices Olaf, but I could just be making that up. You are I saw making him that up. Okay, That's okay, word. Josh Gad. Um, <laughs> it is Kristen Bell. Um, she plays who the. Does she voice? She's the other DMV worker who just says like, "What is the joke?" That's it. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, all the directors and the screenwriters are all in this movie, uh, which is fun. They all have little bit parts. Um, you also have uh, Tiny Lister. He plays uh, Finnick the Fennec Fox. Rest in peace. He just passed away pretty recently. I'm going to make two more notes. Uh, the music was done by uh, a legend, uh, Michael Giacchino, who uh, also did it for Star Trek. Yeah, and he did Ratatouille, uh, and he did The Batman. Yeah big fan of michael giacchino but i believe in the past i've said giacchino which is wrong it's giacchino how dare you ever make a mistake you know one thank you but two i always say i'm bad with names and so i'm trying to get better so if i've said that in the past i apologize uh but last but not least budget of 150 million had a huge uh production behind it obviously when you have that many people involved there's like over 500 people um but like i said 70 uh, 70 animators Box office one point oh two five but 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 billion. I made that yesterday. This oh, is nice. child's play. Child's play. Get it right. Get a better movie. Come on. Um, 
All right, but let's get into it. So this movie starts out super dramatic, which I love. We're getting some scary music. Fear, treachery, bloodlust. Those are the forces that ruled the world. Cut to a teeny bunny and a tiger uh, fighting in a school play. Uh, it pounced on the bunny, kills the bunny. Blood, blood, death. Ah. I love it. That was spot on. Thank you. Um, you I do love. Am I speaking to Judy Hops right now? You are. You are. This is Judy Hops. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm drinking a beer with hops. That kind of alludes to it. Um, double whammy there. Hop, hop. I like hip hop. You know, everything hopping. I was really just going to let yeah, you go I on figured and you see would. how far you would take that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that they get literally put in boxes. Uh, both characters, the prey and the predators, get put in boxes, which happens in the real world where it's like you have to be in this. And fun little – I just love the school play production of this where you have the little kid playing the instrument on the side. The box is – vicious is misspelled and they like correct it on the it's box. It's so precious. It's, yeah. It's cute. Um, and then the one, I can hunt for tax exemptions. I love it. That's for all the adults watching this. Mm-hmm. Any child watching that is like, I don't even know what a tax is. That's the beautiful thing I mean, thing I'm, I'm grown. I still don't know what a tax is, so I can't. I retract I, my previous statement. The running joke every single year where it's like, just tell me how much I owe. Don't let me play the game of like, what do you think you owe? Why don't you fill this paper? And we'll see if it's right. And if it's not, we're coming after you. It's like, just tell me if I was right or wrong. Please, the thank you. favorite national annual game. Yeah. We do see that she calls out Gideon. He's a local fox. She says, I want to be a bunny cop. And it's not dumb. You can be anything you want to be. We then go outside. She's hopping along with her parents. Literally, she's in the middle holding their hands and like hopping up and down like a kid would. And they're like, uh, yeah, this is where they tell her, like, give up on your dreams. And it's really sweet. I love yeah. when my parents support my dreams. Right. And they're like, you should just be a bunny farmer. Um, I like love us. Yeah. I love the little animated facial movements. And the dad, like you see him in the background, like, mm-hmm. he's like nodding his head and he's moving really quickly. And they're, the dad is so precious and sweet. Oh, I love Stu. But uh, you, your dad, your dad, me, your 275 brothers and sisters, we're all changing the world. One carrot at a time. That's my new mantra. 275. Fun fact, Judy makes a pun later. I don't know if you caught this about bunnies being really good at multiplying. Yeah, I love it. Hell yeah. She's doing math. <laughs> That went over my head the first time that I watched it again. I'm like, I see what you did there, Judes. I, I see also you. love later that we see when she's leaving in the train, the population counters keeps increasing, 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 increasing yep. at rapid pace. It's um, true. Bunnies, they they are, as someone who has owned two of them, they were sisters and they still, they were, they were trying, man. But they were going for it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> it's great to have dreams. Just as long as you don't believe in them. That's a quote that I, again, loved. Um, she notices, though. Shirt. Yeah, get them on a t-shirt. Gideon, like, in his little weasel friend, walk over to go bully some sheep. She goes to stop them. That killer instinct is in our dunna. And he's like, uh, I'm pretty sure it's DNA. He's like, shut up, Travis. I know what I'm saying. Don't tell me what I know or whatever. What did yeah. he say? That was really funny. Yeah, and then uh, she stands up to him. But I love that they're using perspective. Uh, when they animate this so like he's towering over her and the shots are always from an angle and she's a little lower uh scratches her and tells her always remember this and uh, we see that she won though because she got the tickets back and uh she puts her hat back on and says i he was right about one thing i don't know when to quit 
Cue the montage. Yeah, so she is so small. So small compared to Teen. everyone else. That, like, minuscule. Mm-hmm. And she's she's not doing so hot. She's getting blown by the wind. She's getting knocked out by, I think it was a rhino or yeah. something. Dead. Dead. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. And then, you know what? To end that all, she falls in the toilet. And I love the polar bear and cabin's, then, like, next to her. It's like, dead. Dead. <laughs> Which, like, I don't know if you die, but okay. You could drown. You can only... You, I think it only takes, like, two inches of water for you to actually drown. I think that's the stat. I just... Yeah, she's... We clearly see Judy is failing miserably. I do love the shot where it's, like, the setting sun. And uh, she's the little shadow running across. And all those ne- negative comments are, like, rolling over. It's like, motivate us, movie. Let's go. I like this. Positivity. She keeps training. She's doing crunches and reading at the same time? That would give me a headache. And I love reading yeah no one loves a good crunch everybody loves reading crunch unless it's a crunch bar what are your thoughts on oh crunch my god bars? i mess up crunch bars they're Did... some of my favorites i understand that is a controversial take but i think they're great it's not in my top tier my thing with a crunch bar is it always used to come in a lunchable it was like that treat i wasn't you got... allowed to have lunchables so i can't okay. relate i rarely was too but in the lunchable when you open it up it always had like a candy and it was always a crunch bar so I always identified it's that so little good. crunch. It was like cold and it's better. Yeah. I don't even know who makes crunch bars, but good job, crunch. Um, you you Probably know what, listener? Go buy a crunch Nestle. bar. But uh, we then see that uh, we go. She has finally, apparently by just giving it effort, she passes. And she, we see her at, uh, I guess there's like the police graduation. Is that what you just call this? Yeah, I don't know what the technical name for it might be, but police graduation, police commencement, it's pretty fitting. Yeah, uh, we hear about the Mammal Inclusion Initiative given by Mayor Lionheart, voiced by, vo- by J.K. Simmons. He's wearing a crisp suit. There's a fun little note here that they really tried to use clothing to uh, reflect the characters. So he has a crisp suit. Mayor Bellwether is always wearing like a little bit of a disheveled suit. Nick's carefree attitude is reflected in his um, button-up along with his loose tie. Um, and so there's it's funny they threw a tie on him. Right. So it shows that he's like a little sly. He's always trying to look, uh, you know, fancy and uh, like a businessman, but he's never taking it seriously. That's why it's always loose. His top button's always unbuttoned. It's a Hawaiian like but like short sleeve shirt. Um, and then fun little note: if an animal could not like have the long enough legs to wear pants, they wore shorts. So you see, like, all the mice are wearing, like, shorts with their suits. I love my crop shorts with my tux top. Crop short tux top. My favorite. Yeah. Mayor Bell, uh, Assistant Mayor Bellwether says, it's a great proud, it's a real proud day for us little guys. And then uh, she gets immediately pushed out of the way by the mayor. The mayor always just talks over her and, uh... He's a dick. He is. It's, I mean... They they do my one thing is that they pour on being like the predators run the show. They pour that onto you. And it's just also I don't know if ironic is the right word, but he's a lion, king of the jungle. Yeah. King of Zootopia. She says, There is nothing to fear but fear itself. It's like, is there an animal FDR in this world? Oh my god, I hope so. What animal do you think he would be? I don't know how to go into this conversation with that. Um 
What animal would a president be? Depending on what kind of president. That's things he predator prey. I, I truthfully I don't know a lot about that man. It's yeah, little... I mean it's the thirties and forties. But what animal remember those. do you think you would be? Um, Jamie always says I'm like a bunny rabbit, so I, I he always says I'm like a rabbit, a little afraid all the time. To do this two weeks in a row, I'm gonna find a quiz. Um Disney has a what's your Zootopia DNA quiz. Oh my god, text it to me right now. I'm well I'm on the computer, so I'm gonna okay, email never it to mind. you. How do we feel about that, folks? But she says nothing but fear but fear itself. And then they're like, Yeah, but bears, wolves, all predators, a weasel. And she goes, I love uh she goes, You play cribbage with a weasel. I was like, Yeah, but he cheats like there's no tomorrow. I love how fast talking he is. because um, obviously he's a rabbit, like we mentioned. I don't know if you're a rabbit though, because sometimes you're not the fastest person all the time. You're a little, you're, you, you kind of are so, more soft spoken and you choose your words carefully at sometimes. So I don't know if that's like a bunny. As someone who's not actually a rabbit, I, I can't speak to what. So you don't, <laughs> I'll, I'll you go are ask not Millie a rabbit. Really quickly. If, ask, go bring Millie on the pod. Get Millie on the pod and we'll go. Yeah. Um, They do say though, foxes are the worst. She it's in their biology and they give her a care package with all the fox, anti-fox equipment. Which she then just takes the fox anti-repellent spray, which is fine. Uh, but then we get the shot you were talking about earlier where they had the train stops. Mm-hmm. We get all the cute little doors. I've been refreshing my email this whole time. Okay. <laughs> Boy, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, it's only 10 questions, so we'll see how important I love it that is. Doug is the background for this. Oh, the chemist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit weird. So, okay, we're going to take this quiz. Ten questions, listener. I'll actually read the questions out. Are they? What's your first question, though? I want to make sure we're going on the same page. Mine is which Zootopia district would you most like Perfect. to live in? Little Rodentia, Rainforest District, Tundra Town, Sahara Square. I'm going to say those aren't really great options. I'll choose Rodentia. You know what? I'm not I'm choose going... Rainforest. Rainforest would be nice. I'm going with Rainforest. It okay, was that or Tundra Town, but I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I'd like to see the green. Ooh, well, this tells me if you were an animal, you'd most likely be a, um, <laughs> says snow leopard, golden retriever, moose, or manchi. I think I'd be a golden retriever. I'm really, I think this manatee Rocket. is really speaking to me. Okay, pick an adjective that most describes you. How about this? I will choose what yours is and you choose what mine is. But you're all of these things. Okay, well, so are you. We have dependable, creative, charming, lovable. I would say you're dependable. I would say you're charming. Perfect. Thank you. Which Disney villain do you feel the most compassion towards? Maleficent, (laughs) Hades, Scar, or Ursula? I'm going to be honest, Ursula. She's a sea witch. What does she have to do? I'm going to say Hades. Ooh, this next question is interesting. Which Disney princess do you least relate to? Cinderella, Ariel, Aurora, and Snow White. Gonna be honest with you. I get Cinderella. Ariel's a little moody, but she is redheaded. So am I. Got a connection there. Um, she's also pale. So am I. Uh, Snow White, not my vibe. Aurora wants to sleep in beauty. She wants to sleep. I'm cool with it. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was cool. gonna pick Snow White, because don't ever catch me looking after <laughs> seven little men seven for Seven little men. <laughs> Yeah, that's too much work. Lone wolf or birds of a feather? Can I be both? That's yeah, not, I'm kind I'm, of a mix I'm of both. I'm terrible at taking quizzes because I'm like, yeah. well, well, I give me can a third see option. both sides. 
right. I'll do birds of a feather because I if I'm left alone too. for too long, I don't do well. All right. Choose a Zootopia quote. It's called a hustle, sweetheart. My child, we may be evolved, but deep down, we're still animals. Oh, mutton chops. And never let them see that they get to you. Um, I'm going to go with, it's called the hustle, sweetheart, because that's I, the funniest. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, never let them see, let, never let them see that they get to you. I like that one. Someone insults your idol, gazelle. How do you react? You can either come back at them with an amazing burn about their idol, tell them you disagree, but secretly contemplate the validity of their insult, tell them what they said was very rude or hurtful, or roll your eyes. I am coming back strong with a burn on theirs. I'm going to tell them that I disagree, but then yeah. keep all my actual thoughts to myself, because that's what yeah. I actually do. <laughs> Fair. Uh, we have either big city or small town. Oh, big city all the way. I'm a small town kind of guy, and I live in a big city. What would a good friend say is your greatest flaws? Okay, well, here we go. <laughs> Yikes. You say mine, I say yours. We have self-doubt, envy, indifference, or irreverence. I don't know what irreverence means, I'm not going to lie. Well, let's look it up. I, th- I was thinking it's almost like indifference, but irreverent. Maybe it's just not. It is a lack of respect or oh. things that are generally taken serious. Okay, yeah. I would say yours is self-doubt, my friend. I was going to say that for you as well, because you're not any of the other ones. Perfect. That's fair. Okay. Your Zootopia DNA. Oh, okay. One. That was not 10 questions. Um, What is yours? I have Nick Wilde's sense of humor, Finnick's rambunctiousness. Who the hell is Fin? Is Finnick? Oh, that's the fox that he works yeah, with. Yeah, that's his little his that's little toot okay. toot toot toot. And I have the morality of Judy Hopps and Mayor Bellwether's creativity. I'm also Here. intelligent and thoughtful, as well as strong willed and opinionated, which is spot on. Fair. <laughs> This didn't help us answer what animal we'd be. Um, I know. I thought that's what we were going to yeah, get. But this gave us too. our DNA. That's cool. I am Gazelle's kind heart, Chief Bogo's fairness, Clawhauser's goofiness, and the yep. sensibility of bunny hops. You believe in doing what's right over what's easiest. And while that may not secure you as Mr. or Mrs. Popular, it's hard for anyone to deny their respect for you. You're definitely a principled person. That does not mean you're serious 24-7. In fact... One of your greatest strengths is that you're comfortable being yourself, which can be goofy and silly at times. Damn, test. Okay. They said you want your real DNA? Yeah, they just kicked me in the feels there. I'm going to see if we can... We're not going to do the quiz again over, like, chat, but I'm going to... I found this quiz. There's seven questions. We're just going to pause, and I'm going to send this to you, and we'll see if this gives us an animal, because we're going to keep talking about this movie, because Lizard's probably like, give me the damn movie now. Also, if you want to find it, just Google uh, Zootopia quiz, and I think it just tells you that. And so if you want to take it with us, guys, you can. How do you feel about your answers, though? I think it's pretty spot on, because I definitely see a lot of my sense of humor in Nick's, where it's just, like, in-your-face dry, like, it, not, yeah. Oh, yeah, I I see that. You have that kind of humor. Phoenix rambunctiousness. I can be. I can be a little rambunctious at times. Mm-hmm. I do have a very strong moral compass, just like Judy. I don't see myself as creative, which is the only thing I disagree with this on. Yeah, I mean, but you are in different ways. I'm good at solving problems, but not necessarily like I'm not going to pick up 
a pencil and make this masterpiece. Yeah. All right, did you get the second quiz? I did. I'm taking it right now. Perfect. All right. Oh! <laughs> okay, I'm a bunny! You're a bunny? Okay, hold on. I got a tiger. Ooh. Yeah. It matches your hair. That's what I was kind of feeling. This tiger's also holding a martini, which I'm kind of cool with. Oh, um, that in this is picture, really suiting you. a smoking jacket, which is weird, but yeah. Bunny works for you, though, as we kind of said. It works. I like it. It says enthusiastic, bubbly, and energetic, but then it also says usually athletic by nature. I think you can be. I can be when I want to be, and that is not now. Mine said, like, I can care for my family and friends, but I also don't mind being by myself and relaxing, And but I'm mysterious and unique, which I think I'm cool with. Okay, so that was a detour. Anyway, back to the movie. She uh, gets on the train, as you mentioned earlier, and uh, leaves Bunnyborough. And uh, this is where we noticed she pulls out an iPod Nano, which is like a couple years past its uh, prime in this movie. But in the iPod Nano, and this movie is packed full of these, it has so many little references to like animals or like animal puns. So on the iPod, I paused it here, pun intended. Um, we have Caddy Perry, which Teresa informed me that her aunt, her cat is named Katy Perry. So maybe they tried to do that, but they didn't let her in the movie. Um, we have Fur Fighters. U2, but it's EW, so U2, the EW. I don't know how you say that. How do you say that animal? Yeah, I think I think you got it. You? Okay. Uh, Canine West. Hyena Gomez. Mick Jaguar. And then Guns and Rodents. Which is the great. The thing is, I... I have looked at that so many times, and every single time I saw Guns N' Roses, so yeah. when you first told me it was Guns N' Rodents, I feel like I need to go get my eyes checked. Not only- Because I well, yes. always was like, why do they have all these animal puns? Welcome to the Everything jungle! else, we got but then there's games. just Guns there N' Roses. There you go. <laughs> um, but what I will say then, she clicks on Gazelle, who is Shakira in this movie, and all of her songs, except for one- are Disney songs with animal puns. So there is Let It Goat, Part of Your Wool. Can you imagine if that song was sang by yeah. a goat? Let it go. Let, Let it go. Right, perfect. Then there's Part of Your Wool, <laughs> which is basically the same thing. Part of Your Wool. Then there's Array Bunny Nights. So like Arabian Nights with the bunny. And then Can You Feel the Fluff Tonight? I expected nothing less. I love it. I will laugh about that for forever. It's a great pun. I love a good Puns pun. Puns are great. Puns are top tier comedy, folks. Um, so we get a fun shot where we get to go through all the different environments. And we go through climate. We go through Sahara. We go through Town. What I want to say, though, is they animated this and it was actually designed with intent because... They mentioned that, like, so there's an air conditioner obviously blowing onto the ice tundra land, right? When you have an air conditioner, on the other side of the air conditioner, it blows out heat. So, therefore, they wanted to put the Sahara next to it. So, all that heat was created by the air conditioners that are cooling the other world. 
It's like smart people made this or something. Right. And then there's like the sprinklers that are sprinkling over the rainforest area. Um, and uh, yeah, this is where, like you mentioned earlier, she's on the escalator. And tell, tell us about the rest of this part here where she kind of gets to the big city. I just, I want to make a comment really quick. That yeah. I just, it's so interesting to me that they didn't just have the different climates as they were. They like manufactured things yeah. to make the climate that way as opposed to just having a reinforced without the sprinklers just having the sahara the tundra without that fan and you know subsequent heat that comes out of it i think that's cool like, though i like that, I, that it, I totally agree yeah. it's definitely it was a, it's a cool artistic choice to have um but yeah they go through this montage and it is the long i think it's the longest montage in this movie yeah and then she gets to her apartment and it's this we've kind of touched on it already but it is like not it's really not great and she meets her neighbors super hyped like hey i'm judy i'm your new neighbor and then i believe they're gazelles and they're just like hi we're loud yeah yeah we're gonna be loud we're gonna be in the neighbors next door to you and they run away she uh she's ready to go though she gets up at 5 30 immediately gets dressed no no way no way. I have issues getting out of bed at like 10 a.m. Like yeah. 5.30. I like a good sleep in. Top tier. Um, but she shows, and this is a point that the um, directors wanted, was that even people with good intentions, good hearts, and, you know, who feel like they're progressive, sometimes can be susceptible to stereotypes. Like the world just naturally happens where you hear things or you see things and you just naturally, again, nature um might be susceptible to something like that so she grabs her fox spray just in case even though she doesn't believe in that um in in a grander scheme gets to the zpd and is greeted by who our favorite bestie cheetah i hauser love him and the fact that their first interaction is another thing that touches on like a racial kind of thing where he calls her cute and she's Mm -hmm. like hey only other bunnies can call each other cute. It's not really cool if other people do. The first time I saw this movie, I'm like, oh, so we're not just talking about really cute mammals. Yeah. We're talking about something else. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's a really easy and effective way to get that message across. Uh, and I think it's just, again, it doesn't slap you over the head with it, but it says like, yeah, hey, you know what? You know, don't you say that. It's our thing. And like, oh, I'm sorry. And he, he apologizes. Um, she does go to the bullpen. Which, zero stars, there's no bulls in here. You know what? You're right. No bulls. They really fly. Bulls are mammals. They have bulls no are excuse. Mammals. Um, no she, excuse. She is the smallest one. Obviously, you get that perspective where you're from her angle and you're seeing all the animals up top, like larger than life, basically. She gives a fist bump and uh, I think it's a rhino like pushes her across the screen. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of the best jokes in the movie, he goes, it's Idris Alba who he could talk me through anything. What a voice. Read I love the dictionary. I'm Seriously. buying the audiobook. I don't care. He says, like, we need to acknowledge the elephant in the room. Francine. Happy birthday, Francine. And they all, like, uh, all the bigger animals, like, riff on her and, like, you know, like, ah. Um, he says 14 animals are missing. And he uh, gives everyone respective districts do their job. He gives the elephant to go to the tundra? Which, like in the other animals, he was kind of giving them like uh, dis like districts that kind of make sense, 
But then, yeah, he gives the elephant tundra, which I was like, I don't know if that's really conducive. Or the polar I, I bear think, on the staff. I don't know, man. Maybe they needed to be cross-trained. You know what? Fair. Maybe I am stereotyping them. Yeah. You're right. How dare you? Did I'm you learn nothing from this movie? Honestly, all I learned is that I could have Idris Elba read this script to me, and I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> um, she, but Judy Hopps is all ready to go. She's the only one left in the bullpen, and she gets given... Meter Maid! Parking Meter Judy. Maid! Lovely Judy, the Meter Maid! Um, that was a really good song. Thank you. It act- So, hilariously enough, do you realize that what I was singing was a real song? No. <laughs> yeah. So, I figured you did by saying that. Um, Lovely Rita is uh, a Beatles song where it is Lovely Rita, meet a maid. Yeah, and she's a meter maid and he falls in love with her. Oh. There you go. Wonderful song. It's one of my favorites. But, uh, yeah, she gets given that role. Teresa and I were just talking about how meter maids is a really thankless job. And uh, she gets a really funny angry foot tap where she's like... Which is very accurate to bunnies in reality. When they are stressed or nervous, they thump. And mm-hmm. in actual nature, it's to communicate with other rabbits that, you know, danger might be near. Smart. But in Zootopia, Judy was just feeling a little frustrated. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't keep her down for long because she, what does she say? I don't remember. Well, she just Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. He's like, well, she's like, that's not going to be any issue, basically. And he goes, okay, write 100 tickets. And she's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to write 200 tickets. Like, yes, queen. Yeah, and she goes. She's hopping off cars. Yeah, but she never breaks any traffic laws. She uses every single crosswalk, and she looks before she crosses the street. But then, yes, eventually, after she hits 200 tickets, surprise, her timer, her meter runs out. So she has to issue her 201st to herself. A sad moment. Um, I do like the little moment where the mouse car gets ticket and gets blown away. <laughs> I did laugh. Yeah. I felt bad. I did laugh. Yeah. Um, but her little ears are going when she hears the meters go off, and um, we do meet our second main character. She does stereotype him because she sees Nick the fox walk into the ice cream shop, and she looks, thinks he's kind of slyly going in there, follows him in. It's an elephant ice cream shop, uh, and him and his son, quote unquote, who's a fennec fox wants to be an elephant when he grows up so he wants to get a uh an ice cream for jumbo his son pop. yeah jumbo pop i do love that she tugs her shirt and she goes i'm such a and she like kind of recognized that she stereotyped him and uh they uh kind of bully him like get out of here and she's like hey your ice cream scooper back there is scooping with an ungloved trunk which like disgusting a class c health code thing right yeah violation i think and, you know a health code thing that, that does it better than any other word could um that's but I will terminology for it. That's the real that terminology. Let me just say, fifteen dollars for that jumbo pop. That's a steal. That's a steal. That thing is massive. The problem is with the jumbo pop, it's gonna melt halfway through. It's it's the party platter version of a popsicle. It's the elephant size party, yeah, or a part. Yeah, as I mean, as we see, it literally is for multiple people. Um, she buy. He says, oh. I don't have my wallet. Oh, I guess you're not going to get one, son. Sorry. No good birthday for you. She buys it for him. He walks out. She says, you're a great dad and a real articulate fellow. He's like, well, you know, I love not being patronized. And it's such a funny little, like, beat. 
She gives. I do. I want to. I want to mention something here. There's a yeah, lot. Yeah, my voice of, just cracked. <laughs> no, it's. You know what? I wasn't going to point it out, but mine did earlier. So we're equal now. <laughs> That's one Thank you one. for equaling everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of implicit bias in this movie, and I think that makes it easy to digest. Like pe- okay. a lot of people think that if it's explicit bias that that only that is bad like if you have good intentions your actions can't be wrong whereas that's not the case that's exactly what implicit bias is and so you see the first one of the first instances of it when she sees just a fox who's just looking around and then he goes into a shop and she's like oh my god he must be i don't know up to no good and then the elephant does it to Nick again by saying he can refuse service to anyone. Mm-hmm. And then she does it again, saying, you're a real articulate fella. As, you know, insinuating that other foxes are not as articulate. And they're also not fellas. Yeah. I think that's a really important message to I'm glad that you brought that up. Everybody kind of thinks that, oh, it's just because I'm not outwardly. And that's the point of the movie is like, as, again, what the director was saying is like even people who can be good natured and can feel like they're doing the right thing or they're saying the right thing, you know, they can have an implicit bias. And the important thing is to realize that that is the case and you're trying to change and actively understanding what you are doing wrong. Not like making you feel bad in a grander scheme, but just saying, OK, I can do better. That's all we need to do is just do a little bit better. Yeah, like your intentions can be good, but that doesn't necessarily mean your actions right. are going to reflect that. Mm-hmm. But continuing forward, their actions not being good, uh, she follows these two foxes and uh, they take this little... She sees um, that they are uh, melting the popsicle on the roof and catching it all. She follows them to the frozen tundra. Um, I love this van, let me just tell you has two foxes it's like an airbrushed van one hunky fox is holding the damsel in distress um but uh he uh is the little fox is making footprints in the snow he's pouring the melted uh popsicle into the little footprints they make little paw print popsicles cut to him selling in front of the bank all those little gerbils are popping out and they eat it i love the animation on this it's so funny they're absolutely mowing down on those popsicles i audibly laugh and then just toss the popsicle sticks in the garbage. And on the sign, it does say, it says organic popsicles. Just got to point that out. Um, so, yeah. What does it say, though? You said I mentioned something? I don't remember. What, oh, Redwood. Yeah. And he sells them to a lumberyard. And uh, she confronts him. He's like, hey, you're a liar. Uh, she's like, uh, false advertising, um, selling without a permit crossing state lines and doing their county lines and he's like uh i got a permit here's my uh, license to sell and i wasn't lying it's not false advertising because he did say they're organic and the only thing organic about him is that he organically made them so there you go um it's called a hustle sweetheart because mm-hmm, he gives her a nice lesson about like the world is cold blah blah blah, blah. and he's snarky and sadly he's cracked the world kind of sucks so he had a very smart- dramatic childhood yeah, he did. Smart fox, dumb bunny. She goes, I'm not a dumb bunny. He goes, that might be true. That's what's the meant. And then leaves. I love, though, that the beavers 
are construction workers, and they're sitting there with their tails patting the cement down. Their little tails. Oh yeah. my goodness, yes. So cute. Um, but she gets home and pouts with her concrete feet. He she warms her carrot, and that is uh, not a euphemism. She has a carrot that she puts in the microwave. It's the most depressing <laughs> thing. Like yeah. when Jamie and I were watching it last night, it was one of the first times that I caught on to like the size of the meal and. Mm-hmm. It basically is just a lean cuisine for rabbits. It was a shriveled, depressing meal. Yeah. With a singular shrunken carrot with the greens still on it. Of course, you gotta have the greens on there. I think the bunnies probably would eat that. Oh, they sure would. Exactly. So you gotta get all those Millie nutrients. Millie has. Good job, Millie. Um, she's listening to music. They're all sad songs. Uh, Everybody Hurts, Can't Do Nothing Right, All By Myself. Uh, her parents call on her carrot phone, which that was weird. Yes. Um, and well, it's yeah, not apple, it's carrot, it's carrot, of course. Um, and uh, they are so happy she's a meter maid, like, oh my god, the safest job in the forest, blah, blah blah blah. And uh, one of the funniest moments to me is that she hangs up, and uh, there's like really sad uh, the scores playing, and the neighbors are like, please turn that sad music down. And we found out it's diegetic sound, like, it's not like uh, score, it's actually soundtrack. So she's listening to the sad music on the radio. She goes, oh, sorry, she turned the radio off. I love that little beat. What happens the next day? Leave. This is where she is continuing her meter maid duties, but instead of it being very, you know, upbeat, high energy, you can clearly tell she's, you know, loving this gig, even though she's not, you know, solving crimes necessarily. She's just sad and depressed, well, yeah. and people are like being rude to her. And then there's a thief. But did you notice? That he is thieving a store called um, Flora and Fauna. I did. I did notice that. But is there is that referencing something? No, it's just Flora and Fauna because it's a flower shop run by a pig. She then goes on the chase of her life, where she's chasing through this little city. She goes into uh, the little rat uh, area. What, what was it called? Little Rodentia. Rodentia, I believe. Yeah, Rodentia. She goes in there, and uh, I I just love all the little uh, like scale things where she uh, oh she does say whoop whoop, which at that point you I'm not rude for her anymore. Yeah, when she I was like, sister, you're in hot pursuit. You gotta keep moving. You gotta move. There's no time to whoop and whoop. Only one whoop. Um, but uh, they almost destroy this entire city. I love the little one that's in the house working out, and you see like the gerbil or hamster or like water thing hanging down mm-hmm. next to him. Uh, the t- uh, the houses tip over. They get on some cars. They crash everything around. Bon voyage, which I uh, love that little Weasley line. Uh, and then Duke Weaselton. We- the uh, there's a little fun moment where. There's all these, like, tubes that the hamsters are running through, like they would in their little cages. And he, like, does, like, uh, like that thing where you're, like, going through a hole in the wall. He's like, ooh, yeah, and he's, like, matching the little uh, motion so he's not going to get, like, you know, hit and knocked down. Um, but uh, what I also love is these, uh, we see, she chases him to the middle of the city. He knocks over a giant donut and makes a cop pun. Hits the donut. And the donut almost crushes. Uh, what is this? What is this animal called? Because it's not. It's shrew? A, a. Is it a shrew? An arctic yeah. shrew. You're right. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, she's like, ah, she almost gets crushed, and uh, she is holding uh, 
what's the where we find my tar goat mm-hmm. coming so, out of mousies yeah so she had tar she has tar goat bags and mousies love that she stops at target still target still is in utopia i can live in utopia that's all i need to say um she catches the donut throws a bag at him catches him takes him in and he's like great uh takes me to the police station chief calls her and's like hey great job you busted a dude for moldy onions she says no they aren't they're a different type of botanical that i didn't write down what i don't know what she says like a class three something i don't know yeah i you know i'm the wrong person to ask when it comes to pronouncing <laughs> yeah we're both pretty it's a bad combo for us both to be here and we can't pronounce shit i barely can say my yeah. own name yeah. And you're asking me the scientific thing of something that might not exist in reality? Okay. That's true. Um, but the uh, Chief Bogo says, uh, you think there's a life of musicals? Or you think your life is a musical where you can sing your songs and do your incessant little dreams and have them come true? Let it go. It's great. A little Let great it go. Yeah. Uh, but then Mrs. Otterton runs in and we hear her husband's been missing for two days. She's, I love otters. They're so cute and sweet. That's one animal that wasn't really quite to scale because Judy was taller than Mrs. Otterton and otters are significantly larger than rabbits. Also, I have one question. Are otters, otters, are otters predators? Yeah, they eat fish. Oh, I guess that's fair. I just didn't think of them as a predator before, so that makes sense. Okay, because that was always my confusion. Where I was like, oh, they're all these predators are getting, you know, shot. Except for the otter. I was a little weirded out by that. That makes sense. Okay. Um, but uh, Bogo fires Hops. And because uh, Hops goes, I'll take a case. And she, like, Otter is like, oh, thank you so much. Hugs her and leaves. And he's like, you fired. Give me your badge. But then they open the door. He's like, tell her that you're not going to take the case. And who's there? Assistant Mayor Don Bellwether. Uh, you even use her first name. Wow. This is official. She's like, I'm going to text the mayor. Blah, blah, blah. Text her and then off we go. And he's like, all right, you're going to have the case, but it's either 48, 48 hours, hours or uh, you're resigning, which that's some shit. And Nick makes a good point later. I'm going to kind of fast forward a little bit where he's like, you guys can solve this in two weeks, all these cases. And you gave her 48 hours. That's some shit. It's like, yeah, 48 hours. Like it's a, it's a dead end. Mm-hmm. Also, we find out that she has from Clawhauser. He gives her the case file. There's nothing in it. Um, He's like, oh, you don't have access to the computers. I guess you can't even use those. So you have no resources. Uh, but using his little Coke bottle or whatever drink it is called, because um, he drink, he's just eating so much food. This dude, he has a donut in his uh, like fur earlier. His neck roll? Hell yeah. yeah. Don't we all? I wish. That'd be so great to have donuts just hiding. Um, but uh, she used the Coke bottle. She's that Nick sold uh otterton a popsicle that day or a popsicle and uh she goes to interrogate him he admits to tax fraud yeah he just <laughs> willingly admits to tax like he doesn't outwardly say like i commit tax fraud but he literally is like i'm making 200 bucks a day 365 days a year since i was 12 she's like ah you haven't claimed any of that yeah you are going to jail and uh He's she like, records him. This is important. She records him on her carrot pen, which will he, come into play twice later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they really. It is a very and Teresa brought this up. 
it's a very childlike solution to crime where it's like if you just get the confession from the criminal you're gonna be able to throw them in jail the legal system will believe you this that this just get the voice on i don't know why i'm a 1930s newscaster get their voice on on the, the recorder and there you'll be able to throw them in jail um and uh so i love the there's a meme that gets shown there's a couple memes from this movie uh, and a couple of them are Nick and it's like his eyes getting wider and wider as he's realizing that he's in trouble. And, um, I do love that the Fennec Fox comes out and like gives him a sticker and says, good luck working for the fuzz and like slaps <laughs> on cause she gave him the police sticker earlier. So now Nick has this faux police badge. Um, and he's like, Oh, I'll help you. Okay. Cause she's like, if you help me, I'll, I'll give you the pen. And, uh, they go to the mystic Springs Oasis, which is a naturalist club. We see Tommy Chong is there. He's a yak. I love this look, and I love how they animate it. It just looks so gross. And oh, all those flies yeah. give me the heaps. Like I understand they are not real, but I hate bugs. Yeah, and that so does this movie. Animated bugs. I mean, the movie does too because they they plant the plant later to keep bugs away. So yeah, they don't like bugs. Um, but he's really slow, and uh, he. Uh, He's like, oh, yeah, let me go take you to the back. and I'll show you to his yoga instructor. His yoga instructor, because the otter was there at the club. Um, and the yoga like, instructor was an elephant. And apparently they have very good memories. So. I do love this moment. There was like, oh, yeah, you remember. And, he, and then the yak just says everything about where Otterton was, when he left, what he was wearing. And um, I love all the little shots. The Like there's the volleyball scene with the giraffes like spiking it at the yeah i think they're pigs but there's a lot yes. of butts in this shot this is where the kids laugh a lot of butts no cracks though so they, i mean i don't think you can show that yeah it's still appropriate but yeah he's like all these animals are naked and uh yeah he's like i wish i had the brain of an elephant and uh apparently remembered the license plate yeah i don't care what kind of memory you got a license plate's hard to remember i don't even know my own license i was about plate. to ask if you know yours i know mine because uh like for parking purposes like oh yeah i gotta use this app i know i can ramble it off just know that but like it's hard three letters i don't know the four numbers guess the numbers you'll get there eventually yeah that's how statistics work um but uh they leave nick's like great give me the pen she's like no i need a license plate ran and uh you said you got a um a hookup he's like i do this is the best joke of the movie it's the dmv this is this is a call to all the parents and adults watching. Yeah. Every single teller is a sloth. And naturally, the fastest one, his name is Flash. Flash, Flash, 100 yard dash. Great. And uh, watching this was painful. Yeah. The moment that I love is when it shows the little, uh, it's like a pig woman and she's trying to get her picture taken for her license <laughs> plate and she keeps like looking over and then as soon as she looks, she takes a picture. She's like, ah, oh, it's so great. It's just a side of her face. And uh, Nick has some of my favorite lines in this movie because he goes, Flash, why don't you meet my friend? Darling, I forgot your name. It's so good. It's such a quick like, because you can tell he's sleazy and he's used that before. But on a fun note, he only calls her Judy once in this movie. He always calls her Rabbit or he calls her uh, uh, Carrots. Whole movie. I think that's so cute. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, 
what else goes on in the scene because they're trying to get the plate. Yes. So eventually, after Flash, you know, does his thing, they get the plate. They find out who the limousine that um, Mr. Otterton was um, last seen in, who that is registered to. And that takes them to their next location, um, which is one of... It's like a it's like a car lot in Tundertown. Yeah, it's one of Nick's, like, someone he has wronged before is what well, he alludes to. Yeah, well, first just... they go to the limo service and they get in the yeah. car... And uh, he's like, you have no warrant. She makes him go in there because she tosses the carrot over the fence. But then, yeah, the limo is like damaged. And that's where they see um, Mr. Biggs. He is a crime boss, basically the godfather. Nick sold him a very expensive rug, but it was actually a skunk butt rug. It's my favorite kind of rug, honestly. You don't want, I mean... We, we um mr big does not like the skunk butt rug no, he's like no so thank you they are in the limousine and then they are interrupted yeah. by two polar bears of course naturally this makes you think that mr big based on the name the fact that two polar bears come and pick them up mr big will in fact be a polar bear surprise mr big is a shrew I do love the moment where she's like, is that Mr. Big? She's like, no. Is that Mr. Big? No. He's like, is that Mr. Big? She's like, He's like just stop talking. Like, you found out. Because um, there's a big uh, polar bear that walks in and drops off the shoe. And the, he's literally just doing a Marlon Brando impression. He's like, you come to me on the big day. And uh, you gave my grandma a skunk butt rug. Grandma made you a cannoli. I do love it. He's like, we buried her in the skunk butt rug. Um, and then the, the polar bear does the sign of the cross and, like, looks up. And, and good laugh. So, they have deeply insulted Mr. Big. Yeah. And so he declares that they must be iced. Ice And so the polar bears move the rug that they're all standing on to reveal there's, like, a trap door. They open yeah. the trap door and it is just frozen ocean with ice, essentially. Which is like... So, death. Yeah, like, and also, how's your house built on that? That structure's terrible. Listen, he's Mr. Big. He can do whatever he damn well please. That's true. He is Mr. Big. Uh, but then, someone saves the day. It's, uh, it little, it's our girl Fru-Fru. Fru-Fru runs in, and she's like, hey, that cop bunny saved me from the donut in town. And uh, he's like, all right, you've, uh, you've done a big favor for me. I'll do one for you. Which, like, let me tell you, though, that's... A slippery slope, no pun intended there, because now this cop is like indebted to the mom. A that's how most, boss? yeah, that's how most mafia movies and mob movies. That's the slippery slope there too, you know. You always hear, "I got them in my back pocket." Judy on her like third day in the job, because it's the third day. Because at the DMV, they come outside and she goes, "It's night." Great moment, but yeah, so it's like the third day that she's doing this, and she's already running out of time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because it's 48 hours. She's pretty much running. She's really close. But there's a really sweet wedding. I love it. They're dancing. It pans out, and there's all the polar bears around, like, what's almost like a dinner table where the wedding's at because they're all barrel, so small. I feel like, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, there's a little moment where, like, Nick gets handed a piece of cake, and it's obviously, like, super, super teeny. He takes a bite, and he bites it. It's like, like a bottle cap. Yeah, but he bites it, and it's like, oh, that's pretty good cake. Like, his little, like, mannerisms. Um, 
We get some backstory on Otterton. He's the florist. He needed some help, so they picked him up, but he was attacked on the way. Um, and uh, she's like, no, no, he couldn't have attacked. And she and Mr., uh, this is where Otterton says, darling, we may have evolved, but we're all still animals, which important, poignant moment of the movie. But that information takes him to uh, Mr. I didn't know it's Mochis? Mochis? Like. Man- Manchus? Manchus? Okay. Um, it's a black jaguar. Um, and he's in the Rainforest District. And uh, we, we get the flash. But this movie also loves flashbacks. It loves montages and it loves a flashback. This, this is an important point, though. Uh, Manchus yeah. was the limo driver that was driving the limo that Mr. Otterton was in when he went savage. And he attacked Mr. Bonchess, which is why we're here now. Yeah, scratched his eye. And uh, they're like, hey, we want to help you. And he, the otter kept saying, like, beware the night howlers, the night howlers. And uh, he shuts the door. And then you hear some noises. They open the door. And this moment's kind of scary. He, like, growls at them and chases after him. We get a great sequence where this jaguar is, like, running through the darkness and, like, going after him. But Yeah, then, then they live. <laughs> They do live, yeah, because she calls Clawhauser. He's showing an app that like makes it look like you're dancing with Gazelle. We've all downloaded weird apps. It's like, oh, look at me in this thing. Like face swap or whatever. Um, they uh, get on this bridge. Uh, she locks up the uh, Jaguar. And uh, we almost get like an Emperor's New Groove style sequence. Where, like they fall almost in the river. And then they, um, they get tangled up in these little um, vines. And they fall down. And as soon as they fall down, all the cops are there. Is it just the one precinct in Zootopia that is in charge of all of these districts? Listen, I don't know. <laughs> well, I was going to say I not later. I the jurisdictional. You, you don't know. know the jurisdictional maps? I was going to say. No, I'm sorry. Because there's so, every year there's cops graduate. It's like, there's only one big precinct in Zootopia. Well, then there's the outside, like, Yeah, but lawlessness. And stuff. Lawlessness. But they show up because they're giving her backup. Maybe it's just because she called for their backup. Um, the police come. They don't believe her because the jaguar is gone. When they go up there, he's not chained up anymore with the uh, handcuffs. Naturally. Yeah, and he's like, I I hate those moments in movies. Well, I swear he was here. I swear he was here. And he's like, badge, badge. Give me the badge. And Nick finally sees how they bully her, and he's like, Hey, you gave her a three wheel clown car, forty hours to solve a case. She haven't solved in two weeks. Yeah, and dresses them basically verbally, and he's like, We have about ten hours left. Hop in the gondola that's going around. There's just a gondola in the middle of the rainforest. And, uh, Why not, you know? Might as well. And then uh, they leave. Um, yeah, but also, um, Chief, his whole backup is rhinos. Got to get some diversity in there. You got to get yeah. some diversity. Rhinos aren't going to help you all the time. When they're on the gondola, this is when we get Nick's tragic backstory oh, where he so wanted sad. to be... Um, it's a, uh, a ju- junior ranger, ranger scout. scouts. Yeah, and... He was going to be the only predator in the whole group, and he was so excited to join it, and his, like, parents saved up his money to get him the the uniform, and so he's going to his first meeting, and then they put a muzzle on him, Ugh. and oh, my heart breaks for this this fictional animated baby fox. It's he was so, so scared. He was so sad, and he was bullied and rejected, and it was just because he was a fox, and so it caused all this trauma for him. And so that is why he is the way that he is now, because he's a fox. So society says he should act like a fox. Yeah, he says, never let the world, never let the world, never let the world see people get to you. And if the world thinks I'm a shifty fox, 
that's how I'm going to be. And then uh, he does what I would do because she's like, thank you for telling me. And he's like, he makes a joke because they're up top in the gondola. And he's like, oh, traffic today. Let's talk about traffic. Let's go to the news here, blah, blah, blah. And he's doing like an air traffic uh, news guy. Then he realizes, uh, wait a minute. All around this city, apparently, is traffic cameras. So, but she doesn't have access to the traffic cameras. And um, she's like, I have a friend with the mayor's office. So they go to the mayor's office. And uh, the mayor's just a complete uh, bell ender. He's just rude to her. And uh, is like, ah, bay, uh, bellwether, go in the basement. He calls her smellweather. Yeah, it's just your cliche of like, you're smaller than me. I'm a little, you get out of my way. You're not worth my time. And uh, it's like Milton from Office Space. But uh, the moment I like is that uh, they're sitting there and Nick is like petting her head. And he's like, oh my God, she's so soft. I never get this Talking close like to she. like they can't. Like, right. But whether can't hear her. Yeah. Um, she's like, I'm basically a glorified secretary, but I think he's one of the sheep vote. He did give me this mug though. And they, they cut the mug and it just, it's world's greatest dad. And they kind of cut out uh, dad and he puts system air, like red uh, ink. Um. But uh, this traffic camera is everything this movie needed. Pivotal plot point. It, they uh, are able to see that Timberwolves took... Um, the Jaguar. It, yeah, yeah, they took the Jaguar. And then from there, Judy's like, oh, that's what the Night Howler is. Because Otterton, before he... Yeah, it was Otterton before he went crazy. He was talking about Night Howlers. Yeah, because obviously mm-hmm. the wolves howl in the night. Yeah, um, and then so it does make sense. It does. What doesn't make sense is that these cameras are everywhere, and he's like, they go through the tunnel, and then it's like, oh, I would take this like security tunnel, and then it shows like the tunnel, and then it shows this back road, and then it shows this other road. It's like, oh, right to this like abandoned hospital. You're like, why are these traffic cameras all the way over here? It's a little bit again, it's animation, it's a kid's movie, but it's like, give me a little bit of realism. Movie about animals. They're intelligent. Yeah. Um, great. Um, what's the word? infrastructure seriously they have their infrastructure on lock uh but they follow where that road took them they go uh and uh, they almost get found by these wolves but she howls and one howls then he goes the other one comes up and goes garrett garrett wait you're gonna start a howl it's so (laughs) it's so sweet um each wolf starts to howl so they can't pay attention um i love the lighting in this yeah they drew it it's like you have the reflection off the metal and then there's a shine off her phone and there's like this like neon color going around. It's really cool. Um, but uh, then just there is all of our feral animals. All of our uh, people are right there. Naturally, this is where they almost get caught. Of course. They find Mr. Otterton, though. Um, guess he's in no rush to get back to the missus. Good line. Uh, the mayor's there, too. Because, of course, you'd go there, mayor. And what... He's in on it, essentially. And he gives us all the exposition that we need. He's like, we don't know why these 14 animals are predators, are, are all wild. They're all predators, though. Um, Chief Bogle doesn't know, and I don't want him to find out. It's like, thank you, Matthias. Everything we needed to know. Yeah, and then the, the lead scientist, or whoever that is, like, we might have to consider biology now. Yeah. And so that becomes a huge issue in, like, one of the next upcoming scenes... Yeah. Where Judy is now giving a press conference, essentially, because she's the one who found all of these things after they escape the, the Timberwolves. Yeah, they escape and, she, and uh, they, all the cops show up and bust yeah. everything. Boom. And so all, all of the 14 mammals who were missing 
were now found. And so they're holding this press conference. And because Judy is the hero of the day, um, she's invited to speak. So she and Nick have like a moment before. She's like, I couldn't have done this without you. You should, you know, become a cop. You'd be really great at this. She gives an application. Um, he's like telling her how to give a good press conference because she's nervous answer a question with a question she goes up there she's not killing it no she's um, really bad yeah no media training there no. um and then a question comes i can't recall how it was phrased but she is essentially now saying that every single you know calling to attention that every single one of these affected mammals was a predator yeah and that it might have to do with their biology and that yeah. causes a whole ruckus. And uh, I do like the moment where like Nick like hears this and walks up. And uh, it's really cool animation how they do this. They show all the animals are in muzzles. And you get like camera flashes that are taking pictures of the press conference. But as the camera makes the flashing sound, it's a flashback to him in the muzzle. It's a really cool choice of animation. She's like, I did so great. And Nick's like, yeah, you didn't hear what you said up there? Um, says it's all BS, like calls her out. And then uh, she's like, oh, you're not like them. And he goes, them? Yeah, she just There's digs a herself a now? grave. Yeah. Um, I love the animation in this moment. Where, like, you all these great angles. This is the part I think is stupid. She goes for her fox repellent. It's like she knows he wouldn't attack her. So, but yeah, she, he, like, he lunges at her a little lunges, bit. Not lunges, but yeah. He, he makes like a move at her. He's like, ah. And uh, she goes for it. He's like, yeah, I don't think I saw that earlier. I scoped that out the first time we met. And then uh, he leaves. He takes his little badge and throws it on the ground. And uh, this is where we see the newscasters. They just basically take all the attacks are up. And uh, Gazelle is having a rally trying to keep everything safe. Um, we get some legit commentary here about like, hey, you know, we need to be accepting and caring and loving and not like put people in boxes. And it gets intense here. Yeah, there was one. I can't remember which animals. I on the subway? Pig? No, not on the subway. At the protest. It was like a pig and she looked like a jaguar leopard or something. And he was basically telling her, go, go back to where you came from. Yeah. She's... Like, go go back to the jungle. And she's like, I'm from the savannah. And I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's some real shit right there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she says, we cannot let fear divide us. Give me back this utopia. I know. There's more on the bus or the train where like it's two bunnies and a tiger and she like, pulls the bunnies closer to her or like her, her daughter or the money does it's like it's sad um clawhauser gets moved because he's he can't be the first thing you see walking the pd <sighs> poor clawhauser pouring out for clawhauser i know um but uh she quits judy does she's like i have caused too much i want to serve and protect can't do it and but we do see a mayor uh the new mayor is now uh, Bellwether, and she's trying to make Judy the uh, spokeswoman for the town now. For all those small prayers. She says prayer, 91% of the population. That's a staggering. Yeah. Disproportionate population balance. Yeah. Um, but uh, she goes back home, and uh, their par- her parents now realize how all that negative speak has affected her, because they're like, oh, she's sad. It's like, yeah, no shit. You basically told her to give up on her dreams all the time. Yeah, not once have they said something supportive so far, except for when she, or when they saw that she was a meter maid. Yeah. 
That was the only time they'd been excited. But uh, she's sacked. She's now still on the farm. Gideon shows up and they're like, oh, why are you working with me? She's like, actually, it's all because of you. You showed us how we could be better. And uh, he's a great baker. I love his little uh, stutter and how he speaks. This is one of the directors acting, Phil Johnston. But he's like, uh, hey, I had a lot of self-doubt. And it came out as unchecked rage and aggression. It's so, it's like. It's one he, of the best lines in the movie. It's it, so funny. It's positive. Hey, man, progress is progress. That's what's lovely about it. Mm-hmm. He, that's a really good apology as well. Yeah. Because that's the thing. He understood where he was wrong. It wasn't her. It was him. He had Ray. He wanted to get everything checked. Um, but then we hear all of her brother and sister running around the garden. He says, don't go near those. Those, he says some big ass word, but Gideon goes, oh, my folks used to call them night howlers. This, this is when the light bulb goes off. Ding. Yeah, she cracks the case. So naturally she speeds off in the carrot cart. <laughs> yeah, takes the truck and runs and finds a little fox, gets her to Nick. And uh, this is part one of those two moments where she used that carrot. So that carrot Mike comes back into play. Mm-hmm. She, she, gives, she gives a pretty good apology. It's a rousing speech. And then after all of that, so her like end statement is like, I really am just a dumb bunny. And then you hear, like, the squeaking record rewind sound. Yeah, the rewind sound. Be kind as you And he plays it for her. And then that's how you know they're making up. He forgives her. They're going to work past it. They hug. It's emotional. Whatever. They're now back on the case. Boom. Back on the case. The buddy cops are back. Um, And uh, I like that. We got to go back to Wheelton. And he (laughs) is selling fake knockoff dvds of disney movies so there's wreck it rhino meowana um giraffic which is actually a canceled movie that disney had they had a movie that was like gigantic and it got canceled so it's kind of funny at this point um moana and frozen 2 hadn't come out but they had the meowana I said yeah. that wrong, whatever. What? And then they had uh, floats in two. Yeah, I do. But he says, he goes, some of these aren't even released yet. And that's where it pans over to the three that aren't released, which I think is so funny. And then mm-hmm. underneath floats in two, it says, non-infringing entertainment. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And uh, they confront him. He's like, there's nothing you can do to get me to talk. Immediately cut to uh, the uh, Arctic shoe being like, ice him. <laughs> it's so funny. Um but uh, we basically get a bunch of exposition. He's like, oh, I was going to sell the Night Howlers because those were the They offered me something I couldn't refuse. Yeah, they offered me something I couldn't refuse. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh, you had to go to the underground, the subway. We get a Breaking Bad reference twice? Yeah. Because he's Doug like. and Jesse? Yeah. That was so funny. Yeah. he's uh, They they really reference the characters of Breaking Bad. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the yeah, Doug, Walter, Jesse are the three. Um what are they sheep mm-hmm. yeah and uh one's in the chemist outfit from bring bad they're literally making night holler juice they're putting in little balls we all then again tell, say all the exposition he's like yeah 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 i shot him all i even got that one in a moving car i'll get anything i mean to get this little thing and like we found out that the the whole point of all these animals going savage is because uh they're making night holler juice and when you hit an animal who has that gene or even doesn't because they mentioned that uh the reason why she figures out is the night howlers is because her uncle went a little crazy for a second after he ate one of those. Um, so she's like, he wasn't even a, uh, a predator. So it can be anybody. 
Um, but they're shooting them at them, and when they get absorbed into their fur, then they go crazy. So we get another flashback of exposition of him sniping everybody, because we had cameras there. And um, But uh, she, they hijack the train, and then they are out of the ZPD. Then they crash the train. And they blew up the train. Yeah. This sequence Everything's is in flames. It's so it's pretty metal for a kid's movie. Actually. I think she kills a, one of those sheep. Because she's like, hey, like, she just speed up and then she kicks the sheep at full speed into a, like, track changer on a train track. You know, I'd never considered death before, but I that think. That thing is dead. He hit oh that thing God. at like 100 miles an hour. Good night. Yeah, that thing is, yeah. The train explodes. Uh, and I think, yeah, I wrote down all the evidence is gone. I think they just committed a crime? Question mark? Yeah. Um, she's like, we lost it all, except for he has the case with the gun in it. Um, and then uh, they cut to the Natural History Museum. And, and uh, who's there to greet them? By a great coincidence, it is our bestie, Assistant Mayor Bellwether. And, and her two sheep. Two sheep cops. Three sheep. Yeah, three sheep cops. And the sheep in this movie are kind of scary. They're, they're It's the eyes. The eyes are scary. The eyes are sideways. Yeah. And they're they're like ir- is that what yellow? the iris is? The irises, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're scary. And Miss Bellwether is like, hey, you should give that case to me. Thank you for all your hard work. Thanks. Of course, being suspicious. And she's like, I don't know. I think we're good. Yeah. And uh, they <laughs> and run. And they run away. <laughs> and she's like, get him. And then uh, she, he calls her carrots again. So I noticed. I was like, oh, the whole movie's all carrots. But uh, you find out that she is the sheep or she's the wolf in sheep's clothing all along. I'm so she... glad you said that because I had that written down. Hell yeah. High five through the through the mic. Um, no, you actually hit it. I'll hit mine too. I did. Um, Judy cuts her leg pretty bad. And uh, we found, we saw earlier that like, he was excited because he stole blueberries a long time ago, and then she brought like in the in the fruit or the vegetable van or whatever, in the family van or truck, in the family truck, she has a bunch of like things they grew. And he's like, "Oh, you guys grow blueberries too? I thought you only grew carrots." So he wraps them in a uh, little uh, bandana, and he takes the blueberries out, drops them on the floor, and he goes, "You want a blueberry?" She's like, "No, no, no!" Wraps her leg up, and they keep running. Um, but uh. We get a nice villain monologue as they're running because we have to have everything spelled out. It's a kids' movie; we got to put everything out on a platter. I I, I want to get rid of all the predators. The mayor always took advantage of me, and us prey never get the respect we deserve. Then they uh, both Nick and her get not the mayor, but Nick and uh, Judy get shoved into a a pit. Yeah, this confused me. I'm like, this is in the middle of a museum. Why is there There's just no like rails. an underground? Like I. <laughs> I have no explanation for you. But yeah, that but is the, a safety hazard. Yeah, that's how many kids get injured. Uh, so the gun falls out. May, uh, Bellwether picks up the gun, shoots Nick. Then says her plan again. She's like, "Oh, they're gonna. He's gonna kill you. He'll be crazy. Oh, a fox went crazy. You know what happens? And I'm gonna keep going." And uh, Nick is now savage, and he's like chasing after Judy. Um, bites her in the neck. And then we get a wonderful callback. Oh, blood, blood, blah, blah, death. And a uh, good thing that her family didn't grow like strawberries or kiwi or any other random fucking fruit. They grew the fruit that is the exact same shape as the bullets. Mm-hmm. Because, just kidding, the one bullet that was made that was in the gun, right here in Nick's hand. 
because also, fun fact blueberry. when Judy screams and when Fru-Fru screams earlier in the movie so the shrew and the rabbit they're they're pretty akin to what a rabbit and a shrew sound like when they're actually screaming oh that's fun yeah i've never heard a shrew where have you heard a shrew scream i don't i, I need to <laughs> it. oh There's i thought no you were shrew, are shrews even in michigan no, but that's what I was saying. Like, oh, you clearly. I was. I thought you meant like out of personal yeah, my, knowledge. I was like, I was like, you know about the shrew. bunny. Well, that's what I was saying. I was like, that's a very specific. I've also never heard know. Millie scream because that's when they're like dying. Oh, um, well, that's good. So <laughs> I didn't know. I'm not a bunny owner. I've had cats and goldfish and a hamster once. That's it. But uh, so you get a realistic scream then, and Millie has never done because Millie's a good baby. Um, we do get the Monsters Inc. ending, where it's like. I can have a thousand kids if I, if I get this out alive, whatever. It's like they record everything, like I said earlier. And uh, there's that carrot again. Um, and then all the predator cops are there. Yeah. I mean, uh, every single most one was ready of to the go. cops were predators. I can't recall seeing one that wasn't a predator. Yeah. Unless you count an elephant, not a predator. Because I, I don't, don't think they like. No, they're not. I think just yeah. all large animals are the yeah. cops. Yeah. Um, but uh, Lionheart speaks, and uh, he says another great line. He's like, did I falsely imprison those people? Yes. Classic doing the wrong thing for the right reason. <laughs> it's crazy. He's he doing follows the, like, Nick's advice mm-hmm. that he gives Judy, where he's like, answer the question with a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Judy now gives a better speech, um, where she's like, the world's unique, and we all should try to understand each other. And we see she's giving it to the new cadets, and one of the recruits is Nick. Apparently that tax stuff just is water under the bridge of the government. They you don't, don't need care. taxes. Nah, taxes. That you ever seen that meme online where the kid who's playing Monopoly and he goes, "What's what took your money?" He goes, "Taxes." That's this moment right here. Taxes, I mean, man. I have not seen that meme, but I'll take your word for it. Look it up. It's a great meme. Top tier meme. It's just a kid crying over Monopoly. Um, you know what? Connecting this all back. Two weeks ago, Max and I did Game Night, where we talked about Monopoly. Jason Bateman's in that movie. Jason Bateman's in this movie. There you go. The Circle of Life. There's another reference. The Circle of Life. Wrap this puppy up. Boom. Um, Hat toss transition. I do love how this movie transitions their scenes. Like earlier when we go from one town to the – or one precinct to the other, or one land or whatever you're going to call it, they use the fog from the – tundra and that kind of blows you in the next sequence the hat toss takes you to the precinct um i love the undercover unit because you put a mustache on the hippo the classic like baseball cap superhero look and then one of them is a wolf the fucking sheep puts on the sheep's clothing so funny yeah that was so funny yeah um he says you two are on parking just kidding there's a racer downtown catch him and uh they easily catch this guy like it is like He's a menace. They catch him like 10 minutes. But uh, who is it? It is our good friend from the DMV. Flash, flash, 100-yard dash. And he smiles and goes, Nick. And then we get a music video of Gazelle. And Clawhauser's there. Good job, Clawhauser. That song's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of eternity. I won't give up. No, I won't give up. I don't know. (laughs) Well, that's all that's stuck in mind. (laughs) Um, <laughs> Mr. Big is just out in the open like this dude's a notorious crime boss and he's just like I want to go see Gazelle listen even crime bosses like to party 
You know what? If that's not words to end this podcast on, (laughs) even crime bosses like to party. And I voice crack. Let's end it there. What a what a way to end it. That's Utopia, though. That's a damn good film. It's great. It definitely does not get the hype that it deserves. It's a genuinely good movie that touches on like really heavy real life topics that people have to live through every single day. Mm -hmm. And it makes it. I know I've said this, but like it makes it super approachable digestible for people who might be uncomfortable with those topics like it like implicit bias and racism is a very real thing that a lot of people just think is fine because their intentions are good and even though your intentions are good that doesn't mean you're detracting from the problem at hand so if this can like give you any sort of insight as to like oh hey maybe doing this actually isn't what this particular community needs for me to feel my support like I don't know. More open to change. I'm glad that we covered it. Thank you for coming on. I'm glad that we got your first episode solo out of the way. Yes, it's only taken like two and a half years of friendship. <laughs> you know, I have. it's not that I haven't offered. Ironically, your next episode will be with Jamie. Because I kind of like the guy. I'll allow it. Yeah, he's pretty cool. It's going to be spooky season. I am so pumped. Yes, because... I'm so pumped. There's a very, very important day coming up in October. And I'm not talking about Halloween. We are getting... And also your birthday. A rarity. Because in October, we are getting a legit Friday the 13th. Woo woo! I know. And... I am always honored that you guys are such big fans of that series and that I was the one that showed that to you. You literally were. I had no idea that there was even more than one. I had never seen it before. And now it is on my keychain because now it has fond memories. We will be doing a special. We've done a lot of Friday the 13th episodes. Actually, we've only done two. But we will be doing a third because another thing that brings Morgan and I together is a good bracket. We've done a lot of brackets on this podcast, and what we will be doing is we will be doing a 32-seed bracket, and the best part of the slasher is the kills. So we will be deciding what is the best kill from the Friday the 13th franchise. What a transition from Zootopia. We got to keep an open mind. I don't want to go with any inherent biases. We like all I, the kills. I, I, I do have a singular bias. I do. I will not speak I, it now. You know what? I have a solid top five. But yeah, so that's going to be coming out on Friday the 13th. Morgan, thank you. Listener, thank you. And if this movie taught us anything, it is to be kind. And it even taught us, in regards to that carrot voice recorder, to please rewind. Intro song from YouTube Audio Library by dj williams recordings done on clean feed podcast distributed by anchor original logo created by friend of the pod david current logo created by friend of the pod liz purring by storm